0: Yes, so watching time. God, thanks for giving us the strength, thank you. Assistant tonight is worthy. There is no God like him, there is no King like him. For our
1: The older you get, wow. You may sit down. Thank you, Praise the Words Leader. What a wonderful, what a wonderful message you sang tonight. What a wonderful message they sang tonight. We have sung that dozens, if not hundreds of times, but it still steers, steers. That's a Texas word for stir. It still stirs me up. Amen? My soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless his name and forget not his benefits. Who forgives all of your sins. Who heals all of your afflictions. Who redeems your head and saves you from destruction. He's worth shouting about. Hundreds of thousands of people all over the world shouting about Jesus tonight. Coming Saturday at 8 a.m., the CSM or the Youth Riddles will be the Riddles' home Saturday, September the 24th, 6 to 9. There's a bake sale this Sunday here at the church. There's a business meeting Sunday, October the 2nd, right after the morning worship service, and that's all there is to that. I have three parts To my message tonight. The first part takes seven days. Not of preaching. No, it's not gonna take me seven days to preach it. But it took a period of seven days. The second part is one day. And the third part is thousands of days. Oh yes. Yes. The Lord gave this sermon to me Saturday morning while we was up here praying. Guess what? What? Jesus is coming soon. Well, that didn't sound very That didn't sound very happy. Didn't sound very You don't even act like you believe it tonight. Guess what? Jesus is coming back soon. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready to go I want y'all to know that tomorrow I'm leaving town and I'm gonna go see Jesus I'm gonna go see Jesus Carol and I are gonna go see Jesus is there anything you'd like for me to tell him for you <laughs> I love you I love you Jesus we're going to Branson to see the sight and sound Jesus Amen. been wanting to see that for a long time and wouldn't it be amazing wouldn't it be amazing if hundreds of people are sitting here watching this performance of human beings and wouldn't it be amazing if all of a sudden they shut up and he appeared and said let's go home The band player Jesus walking out of the platform and Jesus says, I got it. Jesus says, I got it. Y'all, y'all, are y'all happy? Are you really happy? Why are you happy? Because Jesus is coming back soon. Irregardless of what man says. Jesus is coming back soon. I'm gonna tell you a very brief prelude to the one day that I want to preach about. And it goes pretty quickly, and it goes like this. On March the 29th, 33 A.D., on a Sunday, Jesus and his disciples walked into Jerusalem triumphantly. It's called Palm Sunday. He rode on a donkey. People lay in the palms, worshiping proclaiming their praise and worship of Jesus. And he rode into Jerusalem. That was on Sunday. On Monday, Jesus went into the temple and kicked everybody out that was selling things in his father's house because he said, my father's house shall be called a house of prayer. Remember that. This is a house of prayer. We pray here. What does that mean? That means we talk to God here. It's not a peripheral thing. It's not an add-on thing. It's not a benedictory thing. This is a main thing. Amen? We talking to God is the main thing. Amen? We've got God's attention. And he wants to talk to us. He won't talk to you. He'd probably talk to you now. I said, pray for that boy up there. Pray for him. He's 73. I've been working on him for 60 years my lord have mercy march the 31st on a tuesday jesus teaches the parable of the fig tree and you all know that then jesus takes his disciples out on a hill and he preaches prophecy to them all day long it's one of the most detailed messages about prophecy that jesus ever gave it's in matthew 24 also We know that Judas Iscariot at that very same time is making a deal with the Sanhedrins to sell out Jesus. Jesus and the group, they returned to Bethany to rest. On April the 1st, 33 AD, on a Wednesday, they spent all day resting. And I read that, and I looked and looked and looked and looked, and I said, surely they did something. They didn't just rest. They didn't just go to the house that they usually go to in Bethany. You know who lived there, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Shouldn't they just go there and rest? And the Lord told me that's exactly what they did. He said, and that's what you need to do every now and then too. Right in the middle of your passion. Amen? That's what this week is called, the Passion Week right in the middle of your passion, right in the middle of you doing, you need to stop and be. You need to stop and rest. You need to stop and refocus. You need to stop and get by yourself into your closet and you and me need to have a one-on-one conversation. You need me. You need to talk to me. He needed to talk to them, him because he needed to talk to them, The disciples. And this is the very end. So they spent the day resting. On Thursday, April the 2nd, Jesus institutes the Lord's Prayer. Remember that. In 1 Corinthians, they go to the upper room. They have the Passover. He washes their feet. Now, I want you to understand these, these 12 apostles. Are getting to see the very inward works of Jesus Christ. I mean, they are the inner circle. If he sleeps, they sleep. If he eats, they eat. If he walks, they walk. If he does this, they do that. They are with him twenty-four hours a day. They are a part of his body almost. Jesus washes their feet. Peter says, "You're not washing my feet." What is that called? Pride. And pride. What does pride go before? A fall and when when Peter looked at Jesus you don't wash my feet Jesus says if I don't wash your feet you have no part with me and what did Peter say of course this is what Peter said right this is Peter we're talking about yeah big mouth yeah big head I mean small head big mouth Peter always getting in trouble well wash all of me then Lord just give me a bath and Jesus says, you don't need a bath, Peter. Just calm down. I'm just going to wash your feet, okay? It's a, it's a symbol. It's a symbol I'm trying to give you. Then Peter and all of the d- d- disciples there promise to never, never deny him. We will die Before we give up you, we will never forsake you. We will never say that we do not know you. We will proclaim your. This is that evening when they all said this. Judas, on this evening, is betraying Jesus. They've gone to the garden. Jesus has taken his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane. and He says, you wait here for a while, and he takes a few with him, and then he says, you wait here for a while, and I'm going to go over here and pray. And he prayed, and we remember what he prayed, don't we? Do we remember what he prayed? Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, let your will be done and not mine. And then he went to them, and they were asleep, and he woke them up. And he went back over there, and it says that he prayed the same thing again. Father, if it's, you, if it's any possibility, let this pass from me. Nevertheless, you will be done. And he went back to the disciples, and they were asleep, and he says, sleep on. Go ahead and sleep on, because it's time for things to start happening. Judas, they are on their way, and Judas comes and walks up to him and kisses him on the cheek. And that was a symbol to the, to the soldiers from the Sanhedrin that that's who Jesus was, because it was dark. You know, they went by candlelight and it was dark, and there's a lot of people there. So Judas had to show G- who Jesus was. Which one was Jesus? April the third, on a Friday morning, we have the trial of Jesus. The illegal trial of Jesus. Peter, who just the evening before, just hours before, said, I will never deny you, denies him three times within just hours. Be careful what you promise. You hear me? Be careful what you promise Jesus. He will hold you to it. Because as soon as he denied him the third time, Jesus looked at him, and they got eye to eye. And Peter knew that he had made a major mistake. Then we have the crucifixion, and it's dark pitch dark from noon to three o'clock and there's no sounds it's quiet there's the, the, the other the other guys on the crosses they're not ranting or railing the people around are quiet everybody's listening and quiet because it is dark and it's noon, noon mid, high noon and it's pitch dark black and many people have tried to figure out what that was all about this is what I believe it was about Man did not deserve and was not worthy enough to see Jesus suffer the very end of that suffering. Only Him and His Son saw that suffering. The light was out. It was darkness. Can you imagine the terror? Can you imagine the fear, the confusion that was going on among all these people? The soldiers, What, what are they? what's going on? Who, what, that's never happened before. And people have tried to explain that it was an eclipse. It wasn't an eclipse. Eclipse only lasts a few minutes. This lasted three hours long, from 12 o'clock till 3 o'clock in the afternoon, pitch black. Quiet as death. And Jesus died. And as soon as that time was over, it says that Jesus cried out loudly, Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. Nobody could do that but him. And when he did it, the light came back on. The suffering, that part of the suffering was over. Jesus was, he died right there. He died. Father, in your hands I commend my spirit, and he died. Then they take you on April the 4th on Saturday, Jesus is put in the tomb. April the 5th on a Sunday, Jesus is resurrected. Women go to the tomb. They see the stone rolled away. You've heard these stories over and over and over again. You have. There's millions of people that have not heard this story, not one time. We need to tell them. We need to tell them his story. And that would be the last thing of this message. And see how quiet it's got? You know why? You know why I believe it is quiet? Because I believe the, the river is running deep. And I believe the Holy Spirit is brooding. He's brooding over you right now. He's taking that seed of that truth. I mean, this is the most precious word that could ever be told anybody he's taking this most precious seed and planting it in your heart and your soul he's planting it deep he wants you to be still and quiet and let the holy spirit work on you right now there'll be a time to get loud later Peter and John, they go to the tomb also. And they look in and they see nothing except the clothes. They don't see Jesus. He's not there. And now we get to part two, the thing that lasts the day. And this is, this is the message that I want to give you. And this is for you and it's for me today. Two men. Most people believe that those two men were part of the 70 that Jesus sent out. They were not two of the twelve the eleven Judas was, had already hung himself the eleven was in Jerusalem they were, they were locked in a room they were scared to death they didn't know what was going on so these two men were walking to Emmaus about seven to eight miles away from Jerusalem and as they walked along they can you imagine what they're talking about they ain't talking about a new Cadillac they're talking about what has happened that weekend Man, can you can you believe what's going on? I mean, can you believe what I mean what what happened? What happened? I mean, one time Jesus was alive and he's eating with us in the garden next time I see he's up on the cross and he died and, and the sun goes out and then Jesus cries out and then he slinks over and then somebody gets him puts him in a day. What's and what's going on? How could that happen? He was our hope. He was our deliverer. He was the one that's going to come. He was the Messiah. He was the Son of God. We trusted him. All of our hope was in him, and now he is dead. And they're walking along talking about this, and I'm I'm sure that they are just traumatized. How many of you have dealt with death? Loved one, friend, We almost all of us. The closer it is to you, the more it traumatizes you. Amen? And this was, Jesus was close to them. They had lived with him. They believed in him. He was everything to them. And now he's dead. Was he lying? Were they deceived? We don't understand, Carl. We don't understand this. Somebody explain this to me. Explain this to me. Don't you get that way from time to time? Huh? Life gets a little tough. Things don't make sense. You get things that you don't deserve and you don't get things you do deserve. Got that? Yeah. I mean, I deserve a brand new Harley, but do I have one? No, but he has one. It has heated grips, heated seat, air conditioning. So what has he done for God that I haven't done? That's just a joke. We're just playing, right? Yeah. I I don't want a Harley. I want a going. But we we get confused. We get discouraged. We get distracted. We, our vision gets blurred. And what did they need? What do you think they needed? What do you think they needed?
0: <laughs> Don't put me on the spot.
1: <laughs> what do you think they needed?
0: They needed Jesus back. They need what? <laughs> they need Jesus.
1: They needed Jesus. Somebody say amen. Who did they need? They needed to see Jesus. They didn't need to see Peter. They didn't need to see the king of Rome, the emperor, or their mama, or their daddy, or the preachers. They needed to see Jesus. Guess who shows up? They go along, they go, hey, sup? You know what that means? Hey, hey boys, hey 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 su- what's up? what y'all talking about? So are you the only one are you the only one in this area that is not that doesn't know what's going on? Jesus was killed, he's murdered. Where are you where were you at? He said, so that, that's what y'all talking about. Yes, that's what we're talking about. We're confused, we're hurt, we're angry. We're distracted, we're discouraged. And Jesus says, "You're foolish. You're foolish because you do not believe all that the prophets said about me, about him." Because the prophets, and then it says that from the very beginning, he told them about himself from the Old Testament. He reiterated the scripture. (laughs) You get this? Uh, The word is preaching the word. (laughs) I mean, how much better could it get? Here you go, Jesus. Amen. The word preaching the word. But they're so dumb and so foolish and so traumatized, they don't even know who it is. They don't even know who it is. And he talks to them about the scripture. And they're about to go by their house, and he, he looks like he's going to go walking on. And they said, No, come into the house and stay with us because it's late and, and we'll have some supper. He went in with them, sat down at the table. What did he do? His mind was always on teaching people about him. Are you with me? Jesus sits down with them. They don't know who he is. Jesus sits down with them, and it says that he took bread and broke it and blessed it. And it says at that very second I mean, that's that's it, that's it. Really? Is that really Jesus? You think it's Jesus? I mean, it looks like Jesus. He's acting like Jesus. And the very second that they recognized him, he disappeared. Disappeared. As soon as they recognized him, Tommy, as soon as their eyes were open and the scripture come to fruition and they realized he was alive, he was alive, he was alive, sitting there weeding with them, he's gone. He had done his job. What do you think they did? <sighs> I'm tired. Let's go to bed. Let's finish our meal and go to bed. I'm tired, man. This has been a rough weekend. What do you think they did? There was no discussion. They got up. They went back to Jerusalem late at night, eight miles in the dark, and they found those 11 apostles that were hiding in that room. And they said, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this, but he is alive. He is alive. You ask me how I know he's alive. He said, across from me, eating a piece of bread tonight at my table I heard his voice he broke bread for me and handed it to me and we shared bread tonight you will never convince me that Jesus is not alive the devil will never convince me because I have eaten at the table with Jesus Christ amen he has done for me and showed me things in life and his living that the devil can never convince me did not happen that's not making y'all very happy. I figured about right now, y'all be, somebody be running. But y'all are just a bunch of, you're just a bunch of cowards. That's what you are. You're afraid to run because you think somebody's going to make fun of you. I guarantee you, if Jesus came in here tonight and he said, across for you, broke bread, you'd be up running. Amen? You'd be up running. You would be acting like an idiot, a fool. Amen? Let the, well, let's go to, that That, that was day uh, that was one day. So he dis- disappears, and they go, and they find they find 11 guys that are terrified. They are afraid. They're hurt. They're discouraged. They're confused. They heard what Mary and Martha said. They know what Peter said when he went there. He, they know all the stories, and they're sitting there, and they're afraid, wondering what's going to do, and then there comes a... in we've got good news we've got good news Jesus is not dead I know we saw him up on the cross, but he is not dead he's out of that grave and he talked to us and he shared bread with us and he's quoted scripture to us and we will never be convinced that he's not alive Okay, so now the thousand years. Our, our, our country is about the same way it was then. Many times I find myself in conversation with myself or with someone else, and we are complaining about the politics. We're complaining about the weather. We're complaining about something. I mean, there's lots to complain about. Or we're worried. How am I going to pay that, that medical bill? How am I going to help my daughter, my granddaughter? How, how am I going to help my friend? What, what, how, we, we worry and we fret and we're afraid. People wake up in the morning and they pray, Lord, please don't make, let the devil get me today. Please protect me from the devil. I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't get me today. Get somebody else. We're full of fear. We're full of franticness, and we walk along. And what we need more than anything, it can't be Jesus. Now I know you thought I was going to say what we need is Jesus. It can't be Jesus. Jesus is up there. In his glorified body, sitting at the right hand of God, interceding for you. Interceding for you. Huh? Interceding for you by name. He knows where you live. He knows what you're thinking right now. Get that guy out of my face. (laughs) I hope he don't tell any of my secrets. I don't know any, but God knows every one of them. Oh. Amen? She's bowing, she's bowing her head because she don't want me to come down there to her. Yeah. But what we need, you good Pentecostal people, what we really, really need is the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost. Jesus says, I'm going away and you can't come yet, but I will not leave you comfortless. I will pray, I will ask the Father and He will send the Holy Ghost to you. I was around you, He's going to be in you. I couldn't be with all of you at different times, but he can be with every one of you all the time. Oh, hallelujah. And he will teach you and remind you and guide you and comfort you, encourage you, anoint you, empower you, take care of you, lead you, and use you to tell the world about me. You notice he did not say one time to speak in other tongues. We do, and I love it, but that Jesus, he did not say that. Jesus did not say you'll speak in other tongues. He didn't. But we do, and I like it, and I believe it's biblical. But what we need, and I'm, t- I'm talking to, I'm talking to her. I'm talking to her. I'm talking to, you know, she's a plumber. She's a plumber. Yeah, she was a plumber. Yeah. God talking to you. You need the Holy Ghost. Man, I can remember back when my when my parent when my dad was pastoring a church, a church of God, little bitty po ducky church in a po ducky town. I mean twelve was a big crowd. You know. But I'm telling you, when those people started worshiping, it's like ten thousand people in there. Hey, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. The first time I went through it scared me to death. And they just they just fell
0: over themselves. Our seriousness about the Holy Ghost. He
1: is not to make you feel good. He's to make you act good. He is to empower you to Tell the world about Jesus. That's what he is about. She said that. You believe that, Carl? No, not what she said, what I said. Of, amen. Of course he does. It's my brother-in-law. Of course. He, I'll tell his sister on him. If he didn't act right. Yeah. You believe we need the Holy Ghost? Do you believe we need the Holy Ghost? Do you? You Harley driver, you. I bet you speak in tongues going down the highway on that Harley. Oh, my Lord, can you imagine? Oh that, that's, that's wild. Do you believe we need the Holy Ghost? Do you believe he needs the Holy Ghost? And her, and him, and him, and her, and him, and her, and her, and him, and her, and him, and her, and him, and her. I almost said her and him. Who else needs the Holy Ghost? Are y'all heathen back there? Are y'all heathen? Do you not need the Holy Ghost? Are your arms broke? Are you telling Jesus you don't need the Holy Ghost? You better get that hand up. I need the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to make you come down here. That's not. That's a trick. I know somebody in here has got a headache more than likely somebody has because I've been preaching but I'm not going to trick you I don't have to trick you we need the Holy Ghost that's what these men needed they needed Jesus they need the power of his glorified presence to change their way of thinking to change them completely convince them that what Jesus said was true absolutely true that's what we need to hear tonight you need a one-on-one with the Holy Ghost is what you need. And now, some of you that go to church often are probably thinking, well, now he's going to say, you want the Holy Ghost? And I raise my hand up, and he's, okay, all y'all, you raise your hand, come down, and then we're going to pray. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to tell you that more than anything in this world right now, you need, if you have Jesus, I mean, you have to have Jesus first. That's, that's the bottom line. That's the foundation. You have to be, have Jesus. But if you have Jesus in your life, I'm telling you that the next thing Jesus wants you to have is the Holy Ghost. He, he told his, he told his, his believers, says, you've been with me for three years, and, and you've even done some of the things that I have done, miracles, miracles. But you don't have what you need to have, what, what you need. To do what I'm going to call you to do so go and tarry and wait Until you receive the power from God on high, which is the Holy Ghost And they went and they tarried and they prayed and they were baptized in the Holy Ghost and I'm telling you it electrified them It electrified them My grandchildren need to see grandpa in the Holy Ghost How many grandpas I have here Your grandchildren need to see the Holy Ghost working in your life. He needs to see the spiritual manifestation of the Holy Ghost. If we don't do that, then it won't be but just another generation, and there'll be no Holy Ghost to the church. So what am I telling you? You need to pray. Pray. You need to pray. You need to pray. Talk to God and say, I need more of the Holy Ghost. I need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. I need a refilling of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter how holy you think you are or how powerful you are or how much you do it for God. Jesus tarried and rested all day Wednesday knowing what was in front of him. He went into the mountain many times to be alone with his father because he knew what was in front of him you don't know what's in front of you but he knows what's in front of you and he's telling you you need the Holy Ghost you need the Holy Ghost so what are we going to do now really so what are we going to do now We're going to take what we received tonight and keep it in our little hearts and and just go about our way because we know that God is a God of mercy and love and grace and he'll forgive us if we... What's it going to take for you and me to take everything else that we think is important? Sometimes I get... So sick of and if I want him to know I said this, I'll tell him. <clears throat> My grandson into this right here. I get sick of it. It's always right there. And I'll try to get I'll try to find out what he's watching. He says, I'm just watching stuff, random stuff. We need to take those things like this that we think are so important and lay them down and say, I don't need that near as bad. I don't need that supper near as bad. I don't need that next car near as bad. I don't need that clothes near as bad. I don't need to spend time over there near as bad as I need to spend time alone with God asking for a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. The people in the upper room, they did not say, okay, you got an hour. Bless me, Lord. 7.30, 8.30, 7.30, 8.30, and then I'm out of here. It says they went and they tarried until they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. If it had been a year, they would have waited a year. But that, because they knew that that's what Jesus says. What does Jesus tell you? You can't do this without me. You can't. I don't care how much passion you've got. You can't do this without me. You need the Holy Ghost. I believe that's what Jesus intercedes for us with the Father. Oh, Father, Holy Spirit, go and touch that person right there. Holy Ghost, go feel that person right there. Holy Ghost, go feel that person right there. Jesus said, Holy Ghost, go feel that person right there. Holy Ghost, touch that person back there. Holy Ghost, compel that person. They've got sin in their life. Compel them to come and get saved. The Holy Ghost, go out there and, and convict that person. Go out and encourage that person. Holy Ghost, empowered that group of people right there. You know that they're hungry for, for us to, to, to be lived out in their community. To, Holy Ghost, go to that community. Go to that group of people. Go to these this group of people on that Wednesday night and when they think it's just a Wednesday night service, and I'm telling you, if the Holy Ghost got crazy in this place, this, you'd never be the same again. Amen? Do you believe that? I wish you, and if I want her to know this, oh, she's here. I'm going to tell her anyway. I'm going to tell her about it. This is the last thing I'm going to say about my family. My daughter up there, I love you, but I'm going to talk about you. She is my inspiration. This last Saturday, she went to Paris, Texas, and she ran 100 kilometers in a race. 60, it turned out to be 64 miles. She ran 64 miles. She started at 6 in the morning, got through at midnight. Started in the dark, ended in the dark. It was painful. It hurt. She got injured. You know, when you reach your pain level, your threshold, you want to quit so bad, but she crossed that threshold. She finished that 100 kilometers, 64 miles. Why? Why? To show herself that she could do it. And my prayer for you is that you would become as dedicated to serving Christ as you have been to your running and that the achievement you make with for him will be greater than that that you did Saturday. It can be a-